0: Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth, with Richard Lawrence and Christy Blaine.
1: A very warm welcome to our regular listeners and those who are new to Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, every third Tuesday, monthly at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Aetherius Radio Live invites you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Be prepared for another amazing show, covering fascinating topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, life on other planets, and much, much more. Today, on Ettheious Radio Live, your hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze will be talking about a vitally important subject: repaying our debt to Mother Earth. So without further ado, I give you Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze.
0: Hello. Thank you, so you Nicky.
2: And hello, Richard. Hi,
0: Chrissy. Well, I, I haven't spoken to you on Atheist Radio Live since your birthday.
2: Oh, that's right. Yes, yes.
0: Because um, you, you've had other, you've had Brian. I was uh, actually in the States, um, and and he's travelling, I think. And you had so Brian Kniep was on, and then uh, Gary, I think. I'm not sure which order it was. Yes. Maybe it was Gary and then Brian. But, um, yeah, so we've been focusing in on King Yoga, haven't we, quite a bit, really.
2: Yes, uh, Gary spoke about um, King Yoga, Brian, another aspect, Operation Prayer Power, and um, it continues.
0: It does indeed. And, of course, on your birthday, we started our series of six, as it were, signature themes of our Master's approach, Dr. George King's approach of King Yoga. And the first one we covered then was solving the spiritual energy crisis. And today we're on our second key, uh, repaying our debt to the Mother Earth. And then we have four more in this series of six. We have serving the world as a whole, manipulating karma, becoming a spiritual fighter, and unconditional surrender to God. They're all signature aspects of his approach but I think Chrissy of all of them, in some ways, this one that we're talking about tonight—you could say—or or this or lunchtime, I suppose it is there, or morning in Pacific Area—but this is the most important of them all, Chrissy, I feel possibly.
2: Absolutely, and one which uh, I think we need to bring over and over again, as we do, uh, to people's attention, because this is, there's a lot of people, you know, studying spirituality and. I remember the master said once I think it was in a, a lecture but I didn't write down the exact reference but it kind of stuck with me mm-hmm. he said that mm-hmm. all spiritual groups or organizations should have at their center this uh, reverence the mother for the Mother Earth and I, these are my own words but basically that was mm-hmm. it um, mm-hmm. and I think you know the Aetherius Society, of course does put the Mother Earth front and center of our beliefs so
0: we do and that's all thanks to dr king absolutely and you know dr king himself lived that and uh, it was i think extremely unusual even for a master of yoga i mean you don't come across it too often you do come across of course through history some examples of reverence for gaia for the goddess earth by different names uh, by various indigenous tribes and in different traditions. Sometimes, not enough, by the way. You don't get it enough in the major religions, I don't think, really. But um, having said that, though, what you don't seem to get is this concept of giving something to her. There's one thing to be reverent to her and be grateful to her, which is we should be, but how can we actually do anything actually for the Mother Earth and thereby repay this massive debt that we've incurred through the millennia on this planet.
2: It really is a revolution of thought, isn't it? I mean, it's something that, yeah. you know, it seems so obvious once, well, we've learnt that, as you say, through our master, but it's a revolution because mankind, we seem to think as a whole that we Mother Earth is here for us to take, 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 and it's, you know, it's very strange mm. how this has happened, mm-hmm. you know.
0: It is, and and, and Dr. King, I mean, I've been doing quite a bit of of thinking about this, and of course the reason that we picked July to do this, perhaps the most important of all the keys of King Yoga, uh, is because it's, of course, the month in which the holiest day in our calendar takes place, and which we've discussed in the past on Ethereus Radio Live. That's July the 8th. That's the initiation of Earth. And it seems to me that Dr. King... Uh, as the cosmic avatar that we know and believe that he is and was, uh, came for that reason. He came here because of the initiation of Earth in this time. Everything flows from that. I mean, we know that the adepts, the three adepts, we know this from the three sabers are here, and again, we've covered this on Ethereus Radio Live in the past. Came because of the terrible conflicts which were seen that would happen and which we'd be helpless to fight. That's the alien mission, Carmelite, Operation Carmelite, and other conflicts in the lower astral realms. But those themselves, those conflicts, came about because of, they were triggered by, shall we say, the initiation of Earth. Everything flows from that event. And I believe that Dr. King is here or was here at this particular time because he was an avatar who understood the Mother Earth enough, who was devoted sufficiently to the Mother Earth, and would know what action we need to take at this time uh, in, in a variety of ways. And one of those ways wasn't just for the sake of humanity, which would be enough, it was for the sake of the planet herself that's the the main point you know i would like to stress this evening or this today i should say on this broadcast chrissy
2: well that's a very very interesting thought and when you look at you know the timing of things and the master just being born prior to um and growing up and becoming the master that he is prior to this great happening and he took the actual transmission Mm of the event Mm -hmm. then it it just makes Mm -hmm. sense i mean but i had never thought about that before but it's a very very um inspiring thought
0: you know what really struck me and this is quite recently and i was actually speaking about this here on july the 8th and that is that the mission operation sunbeam and the mission that we again have discussed and we will discuss again because it's so important it's a mission actually that was performed over the last weekend, just a couple of days ago, in the UK. And it's a mission which is designed specifically to start to repay our debt to the Mother Earth, uh, the very theme of this program. And it's, it's, as far as I know, completely unique in its concept, because there are other tasks, as I said, in spiritual devotions and outpourings of thankfulness and so on. But this is... Uh, a crafted mission working directly with beings from other worlds designed to help the Mother Earth because the energy is so elevated, it doesn't come from us. Uh, It comes from very wonderful spiritual um, extraterrestrial intelligences from Gotha, um, and they will send this energy directly to her. Now, one could say, well... Does she really need energy like this? I mean, is this good for her? I would say definitely it is. I would liken it maybe to some some of us, for example, giving healing to our master, which helped him to a degree. It certainly wasn't the elevated source sort of energy that he would have wanted in an ideal world of course but it was helpful and it did work and it did heal him and to some degree it's a good it's something actually is being done here in operation sunbeam which benefits the mother earth and that's so rare it's a it's a direct action which is being performed, and there's hardly anything that any of us on Earth can actually do for her, other than try and Mm -hmm. sort humanity out not to do worse things than we've done before. And so that's an incredible thing, Chrissy. And then I was thinking about a statement that was revealed about Operation Sunbeam in 1994. That's just three years before Dr. King uh, physically left, anyway, uh, his body and so on. Um, and that is that, um, and by the way, that's something also that happened in July, it was, that was July the 12th, 1997, Not, so that was another event, of mm-hmm. his passing, but the statement was made, and this really, I think, is one of the biggest statements that ever, has ever been made, that Operation Sunbeam, Plan K, as it's now known, has been through three different stages, Plan A, Plan B, and finally Plan K, um, this was touched, we were told, and is touched by a Supreme Lord of Karma, which um, is an enormous statement. It's a, uh, and I'm not going to claim that I begin to understand it, except that you know, if one studies the ninth blessing, which is the blessed are the Supreme Lords of Karma, one gets some idea of the enormity of, of these intelligences i mean these intelligences the supreme lords of karma are greater even than the mighty sun they they and i'm quoting now stretch their influence throughout all the galaxy so that the great laws of god the great laws which are god may be perfect in their balance now i'd like to share a little personal incident chrissy if i may with with you and our listeners i don't know if i've ever told you this myself but one evening in the 19, in 1990s, and it may have been around that time, possibly of 1994, certainly uh, in the 1990s, I was with uh, Dr. King and had the privilege, as um, you know, some of us did sometimes, of sitting with him on his deck in his very modest bungalow in Santa Barbara and having an evening drink and a chat. And he turned to me and sometimes you never knew You, know, you could you, those chats could be about anything. They could be quite mundane. Uh, they could be business-like. They could be humorous. They could be sad. They could be anything. And the, the main idea would... They were generally uplifting, though, whatever Whatever the, con- the the conversation. But on this occasion, sometimes they would be profound. And he just turned to me and he said... And this is how he put it. You know, I believe, he said to me, that the supreme lords of karma could stop the movement of space bodies, and he was referring to planets and suns even, in space. Wow. Stop them completely and make certain adjustments that needed to be made and then cause the motion to continue again.
2: Wow, that's amazing revelation thank
0: you for sharing that that's just i mean that's something one has to really think about and it of course means that they by controlling that and it's clear that karma is above even mind It's the highest thing it's divine will it's the highest dimension of the seven dimensions of creation really um they Obviously, control time as well, because time, as we know it, is only measured in movement, isn't it? I mean, the rotation of the Earth round round the Sun and the Moon round the Earth. This is our this is how yeah. we determine our mm-hmm. calendars and our days and our twenty-four hours. And it so they have complete control over the, all the movements and and the necessities. shall we say? I mean, they don't interf- they interfere with people because they they. the the essence of the karmic law is it allows free will on this planet unless we choose as a higher beings do to give it up but that's a choice anyway but they do control these things so i would say if that's a long-winded background but if the supreme lords of karma have touched and do touch operation sunbeam because they are above time it is they who would have determined that Dr. George King should be here now because it's through him that this was invented it wasn't channeled through him it was actually invented by him, by him. so he mm. had to be here it wasn't now there are there are beings I mean the, the lords of the uh, ineffable flame the logos of earth the three lords of the flame These are the highest beings connected to this Earth, other than the Earth herself. But those three beings, as we understand it, are here for one purpose, and that is for the Mother Earth herself. They're here to care for her. They don't engage, as far as we know, in the affairs of human beings. I mean, they might do in some ways that uh, we can't understand, but it will all be focused around the evolution the needs the requirements of the planet that's their fu- function so as far as we can tell they would not come into the Earth, uh, into this world of humans and devise a mission and and so forth even with the great white brotherhood as far as i know i don't i don't know that dogmatically but that's what we've been led to believe some people come into contact with them and our, Dr. King certainly was one of those. And read the wonderful visit to the Logos of Earth, and you'll read all about his contact with these three incredible, most elevated of beings. So they're on one. They 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 have a different function. The Lord Babaji, who we've talked about many times, who's been here for millions of years and will be here for millions more years. Um, and who has undoubtedly an innate understanding of the Mother Earth that must be unique among anyone who walks this planet. Um, He could be a possible exception, but that aside, and I don't know that he is an exception because he himself has been very um, respectful to Dr. King about these matters, but putting him aside and the laws of flame aside, I don't think, it looks as though there wasn't any other master on Earth at this time that would devise a mission like Operation Sunbeam. Certainly there isn't one that did devise it. And it being touched by a Supreme Lord of Karma, it must have been part of a plan, an ancient plan, that he should be here now, not just for humanity, but, and this is my point, for the Mother Earth.
2: Wow, these are some profound uh, thoughts, Richard, really.
0: Well, appreciate. you know, I'm I'm putting them out to, to you and to our listeners, of course, and people may have their views. I mean, I can certainly say I think it might be a good thing, actually, Chrissy. now, if we, rather than discussing this in any more depth, we go to the reading, I think, that you'd chosen um, from The Fifth Freedom or the commentary on The Fifth Freedom, Um, which illustrates right from the beginning just how unique uh, our master was in his love and appreciation and feeling and awareness of the mother earth
2: yes this this uh, the fifth freedom is cosmic consciousness and in it our master describes the experience of cosmic consciousness and it's really incredible experience now this Particular reading is an extract from his experience. It's fairly long, so but it's very beautiful. Uh, so I'd ask the listeners if they wish to, you know, just close the eyes and focus on the experience and try to really uh, take this in. He became existent in timelessness he became vitally aware of the dimensions in which he existed and knew them, I, all seven of them. He became as tiny as a molecule when he wanted to and yet bigger than a world when he wished. He looked down from his lofty position high above the earth appreciating its great glory, its power, its supreme light, perceiving the limitations It had put upon itself in order to allow life streams like him to gain the very experience which he was now living through in almost godlike ecstasy. It was then when this realization dawned that he stopped short. Here was the very power which he had sought, power beyond the wildest dreams, beyond the most imaginative conception of mere man, power to know what secrets he wished, power greater than that needed to move any mountain, anywhere, at any time. But yet, he stopped short, as though strangely disappointed with himself. Beneath him, beneath the crust of earth, within the ancient globe dwelt a greater being than he or all men, a being which had imposed upon itself crushing limitations so that the mass of men could crawl for existence upon its back in order to gain experience, knowledge, and eventually even wisdom. It was though he had learned the great lesson brought about by striving for this, what was to him then an ultimate state of being. The lesson of detachment from even the greatest states, he learned and gradually he came back, becoming smaller and smaller with every true spiritual desire. Gradually he crept away from his all-powerful state slowly diminishing until again he became the lonely light shining through space he dimmed this as he brought the power of kundalini downwards as he descended the ladder from the lofty heights of cosmic consciousness when kundalini passed through the throat center he became aware again of the world of sonic vibrations he was tempted to linger here. But the haunting vision of that wonderful being, which was the earth, suffering gross limitation to be the world, to be a sure home for crawling, ignorant man who would be lost in space without her, caused him to leave the ecstasy of this sound plane, and downwards came the kundalini until he became aware again of his coarse physical structure and of his gross limitations, of his cold, shivering body and stiff, aching limbs.
0: Beautifully read, Chrissy. Thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you. Uh, um, Well, I don't know if you want to comment. I, I was going to say that I think that is so unusual in the history of yogic writing really because you know there are accounts of mystical states and elevated conditions and one of the hallmarks in yoga teaching is is detachment actually i remember dr king saying in a lecture years ago when i was still a university student you may have been i think it was in amersham and i think it was the cosmic plan i believe but he said that, you know, as a yogi, he'd been trained in detachment. But even he, yes. as a trained yogi, found it very difficult to detach emotionally from the Mother Earth.
2: I do and remember that.
0: You remember that? And and that's quite something yes. to say. And strangely enough, in a way, that's his credential. You know, if he could detach, and some yogis did detach, obviously, or, or were not aware of this in the elevated though they were they weren't aware of this situation and they did detach or, or they maybe they didn't even need to detach but it was actually his greatness that brought him out of the state of cosmic consciousness It's such a an unusual concept in the old days it was you know get into nirvana or get into these elevated states and just stay there forget your body and go, go off and absorb into the universe um, and here you have a master. And this is an early... I don't know the date of this experience, but my guess, well, it's got to be um, you know, either the late 50s or very, very early 60s, because the book was published in 1963. Yeah. Uh, my guess is it would be around about 59, but that's just a guess. It could be wrong. Um, it might even be earlier. Uh, but you, you, there you have a, a description of somebody, a master reaching the pinnacle and being dissatisfied not being fully replete and fully satisfied as you we are always hearing and the wonderful bliss and the but no oh dear he's aware of the, and that must have been in his psychology because can you think of another example like that
2: no really no i
0: mean and, and it's interesting that it's this that brought him out. I think this is the point I, I wanted to stress. You know, it wasn't even the plight of humanity. And you do hear about, not often, but you know, being people who've left great states in order to help others. I, I can't think of an example now. I'm sure that well, I'm sure there are. I'm sure Jesus would be one wonderful example of that. But you don't hear of people who leave great elevated states to to do something for the Mother Earth. This must have been, I mean, in this most sensitive of moments, this most elevated of moments, this must reveal his prime motivation, surely.
2: Yes.
0: Which was the uh, very,
2: very interesting.
0: Mm. I mean, I I Absolutely. had the privilege sometimes, you know, I used to give addresses, and I'd give a address on July the eighth when I was in Los Angeles, and then afterwards he'd sometimes he'd watch it. The address, which was, a, you know, you're you, 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 not exactly, um, uh, how can ah. I put it, you don't feel exactly confident when a great master of that caliber is watching an address that you've delivered. But right. I, I do remember one example where I, I, I sort of stated that um, Dr. King, you know, there's a quote actually in Visit the Logos of Earth, which is he blurts out the wonderful lords of the flame as he puts, blur- I think it was blurts out or he splutters out because he was so moved by his experience which people should read about I won't try and describe it but he makes a statement well, why does she do it? why does the mother earth in other words do this? why does she suffer like this? and the reply he got from one of those laws was why do you in your way this is not exact word it's something like why in your way do you do it? and I was speaking on that subject and and I said, you know, he does it for his followers, his love for his followers, he does it for humanity, his love for humanity, but above all, he does it for her. And he was watching this, and as I as as I said those words, he let out a little choke and a little oh. tear. It really hit something mm-hmm. within him, and I felt, you know, it was like a bullseye in terms of this was... Right. The real motivation of this master, above all else. And, and you know, Chrissy, I think he must have known, surely, about Logoi of planets before he came here.
2: It's, it's a very fascinating thought, and it would seem to be that way.
0: But I mean, how would anyone I mean, know what to do? Sorry, sorry, please go on. Yeah, I'm talking no, too I, much. No, on, I was going to
2: say that. Yes, I mean... He just, um, it wasn't just that he had the experience and the realization was it was obviously an ancient thing that he'd experienced previously, it seemed to be. You know, it wasn't just, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's so much ingrained in his being, wasn't it? I mean.
0: It was, and he knew what to do, and he knew what the Mother Earth needed, it seems to me
2: and I think yes. that's
0: why he was here I mean as as well as everything else he did for humanity and the amazing things some of which are classified things that he did for humanity he knew what how to respond he was on the planet at a time when she had her greatest initiation since her inception as a planet and yes he took the transmission of that event and that too was approved by the supreme lords of karma by the way that transmission which is a, means it must have been inscribed eons ago i would think uh that that he would be there to take that i assume that i i don't know that but um but uh, as well as that though he was the master who knew what was needed now to explain that um of course it should be said that when the mother earth was initiated she could have taken the full powers of her initiation And she didn't do so. Uh, And that's because there's only one reason why she didn't do so, and that's because of her compassion for humanity. Because had she taken the full powers that were given to her on that initiation on July the 8th, 1964, the changes would have been so abrupt on the surface of the planet that human beings simply wouldn't have been able to cope or survive. And she had every right to do that. But it must have been known that she wouldn't do that. And Dr. King, right from the beginning, knew that she was not taking her initiatory powers. And he knew, w- certainly, what we on Earth should do about it. Now, I want to uh, go you know, beyond just us human beings and even what the masters of Earth, this is the enormous thing, should do about it. But I think it's, uh, Nikki has a lot to say at this moment, don't you, Nikki?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, well, there's one word at the moment, which is wow. Uh, thank <laughs> you, Rich- <laughs> thank <laughs> you, Richard and Chrissy. <laughs> you are listening to A Serious Radio Live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze talking about repaying our debts to Mother Earth. There are quite a few events to announce, so please bear with me, which are as follows. Every Saturday and Sunday, you are welcome to join with us in the live online Twelve Blessing service. To find out more, visit 12 blessingorg that's 12 in digits. Sunday, July the 23rd, a fantastic day this year, sees two pilgrimages to two of the 19 Holy Mountains that were charged during the mission known as Operation Starlight, namely Holston Down North Severn in the UK and Mount Baldy in Southern California in the USA. Pilgrims to Holston Down have a really exciting experience ahead of them for they will be taking part in the life-changing and ecological mission of a superb Operation Prayer Power. Don't miss it if you can make it there. For more details, please visit atherius.org. Now, there are two upcoming events at the Michigan branch in Royal Oak. Thursday, July 20th at 7.30, there will be a lecture given by Dave Capraro entitled The Great Change, Earth Rising. On uh, Tuesday, July 25th at 7.30 p.m., please join Gary and Chrissy Blaze in the class, King Yoga, Spiritual and Psychic Development Again, please visit aseriusmi.org for more details. Now, at the temple here in London, there will be two workshops. An all day one, Saturday, July 29th, you two can heal. On the afternoon of Sunday, August the 6th, there is Prayer Energy Really Works. So please visit london-temple.org for more details. And 12 midnight GMT, August 5th, sees the last hour of the second spiritual push for 2017. Once again, you are warmly invited to attend London, Los Angeles, and Michigan, or any one of our centers where these special services will be held to mark this potent time when the giant spacecraft we know as the third satellite leaves orbit of Earth, having flooded our world with so much needed spiritual energy, since July the 5th. As always, our website, asirius.org, has more information and details of the various publications and audio titles available on CD or download. Phew, that's it for now. So I'm very pleased to return you <laughs> to your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank well, you very you
0: can't much, Chrissy. the Asirius
2: Society isn't active, can you?
0: <laughs> no, it's incredible. <laughs> and incredible. And actually, the The lecture there mentioned uh, that Dave is doing in Michigan. Sounds a good follow-on from this broadcast.
2: Yes, yes. So um, hopefully listeners in this area will come along on Thursday, 7.30. (laughs) Yes,
0: right. And we're looking forward to our pilgrimage um, in Devon, of course, and and, and likewise it's going to be. And it's great this year that the two, both in Mount Baldy and Holston, and they both fall on July the 23rd. The actual day that Holston Down was charged, the actual day the starlight started. So that's yeah. going to be a great occasion if anyone can get to, either to Devon or, or to Mount Baldy for that matter. Yeah.
2: Yeah, fantastic. So, if you haven't been on a pilgrimage, uh, there's nothing quite like it. I mean, they're fantastic. No. Absolutely. And,
0: fantastic. and we're doing Operation Prayer Power. And, and on the theme we're talking tonight, it is interesting, mm. Chrissy, that even Operation Prayer Power, which is for healing and mass healing and aid and uh, and sometimes devic help and so on even that though in the initial um dedication that Dr King made was for ecology uh, and when yeah. do you remember that and when he yeah. made that of course ecology wasn't a word that's used like it is now it was a very rarely no. used word um so yeah, it's always great. been again his motivating force but I, I don't feel I've let you get a word in edgeways, Chrissy. Is there anything that you are wanting to say at this point?
2: Oh, um no, I think um these revelations have been very, very interesting. Uh not something I've really thought about before, but she shall certainly thought think about in the future. But do we want to talk a little bit about Operation Earthlight as another aspect?
0: I do, yeah. Well what I was moving gonna move on, suggest we move on to is another I think even more startling fact because Dr. King devised Operation Sunbeam which the Aetherius Society performs a part of not the main part of it that's done by higher powers and that's all been arranged but also Operation Sunbeam is performed by the Ascended Masters and they also do this mission which was designed to repay our debt to the Mother Earth um, based entirely on the designs of Dr. George King. And I think that's an incredible fact, uh, Chrissy. Mm, But linked to that, as you rightly say, of course, there's another mission, Operation Earthlight, and the purpose of this uh, program isn't to go into depth into either of those missions and how they work. I mean, they deserve their own broadcasts. But... Operation. whereas Operation Sunbeam is a a giving of energy to the Mother Earth by higher powers, and indeed I should say, because of Operation Space Magic, uh, that that book is available through the Aetherius Society, also from other planets, the energy can come as well, planets within this solar system. This is energy that will be wonderful for the Mother Earth when you consider, when we consider that she's been denied so much of these energies because of the ionosphere, which has been put round the Earth uh, because of humanity to stop cosmic bombardment of energy coming to this Earth. So these are very beneficial energies but they are sent to her. Operation Earthlight, though, is an incredible mission because it gives, Mm -hmm. it provides a mechanism through which energy can be released by the Earth in the right way for humanity now it might be said well what can't she do that herself why does she need that and, and as i said earlier if she wasn't so compassionate probably it wouldn't be necessary because she could just send her energy out to do whatever is necessary cause a, uh, there's already a quickening but cause a massive quickening and and indeed this could be very damaging for humanity humanity it must be stressed is less important than the mother earth the whole of humanity combined is not as important as the planet hence logically speaking anything we can do for the earth must be greater than anything we can do for humanity unless that thing for humanity helps her too which it might well do but broadly that's the highest motive on this earth anyway that we could possibly have i would say and I think that's another interesting thing that uh, Dr. King, in, in, and this must be in the highest aspect of King Yoga, I would say, lived this. Now, in Operation Earthlight, uh, there's two key factors I would stress. One is that energy can be released by the Earth through apparatus uh, in the right balanced way so she can start to release these great powers within her without damaging humanity which she isn't willing to do at the moment. She may have to one day. She may be told by, I assume, the supreme laws of karma, that the moment has come where she must. But in the meantime, we have Operation Earthlight. Brilliant idea. Uh, Again, from the mind of Dr. George King, wasn't given to him, wasn't channeled through him. He devised it. He actually devised it, the design of it, in the very building I'm speaking to you, From now, Chrissy. And I believe he devised it in 1973, that original design. So that's one aspect. The other incredible aspect about Operation Earthlight is that it is performed, and there is a book on this by Brian Kniep, actually, uh, on Operation Earthlight. It is performed by the Ascended Masters. So it seems to me, Chrissy, that Dr. King wasn't just guiding us through the Ethereum Society. In some respects, he was also guiding the ascended masters in how to respond correctly to the initiation of Earth. Now, c- correct me if I'm wrong there, because it's an incredible thing to actually say.
2: Yes, yes, it, um, I mean, well, it's the, the truth, isn't it? Operation like <laughs> we know, it it is performed by the spiritual hierarchy now.
0: It is. I mean, so, it is yeah. original. I- yeah, sorry.
2: I'm sorry.
0: No, please go no, on, continue, please. please. I
2: think in I his original
0: design... It. Oh, okay. In his original design uh, of Operation Earthlight, in his original desire, was that Operation Earthlight would be performed by the Aetherius Society, actually. And had it been performed by the Aetherius Society, there's no doubt, uh, although it would be karmically very significant for humanity if we'd done it in some way, it wouldn't have been nearly as good as it being done by the Ascended Masters because of their apparatus, their brilliance and so on and and, and the fact that they're who they are. So you could argue that from the point, maybe, maybe, although it wasn't his original idea for the Great White Brotherhood to do it, maybe that was the plan. And that's certainly how it's ended up and the Lord Babaji himself and it doesn't get any higher than the Lord Babaji on, on the surface of this earth at all, uh, has acknowledged openly that the debt the Great White Brotherhood owed Dr. King for this mission. It's not a, something that Dr. King's chosen to emphasize. And in fact, on one occasion, Lord Babaji said, this is another thing I owe you. And Dr. King refuted that, said, no, you, you don't owe me anything. I don't, there's no debts. But... It is an acknowledgement, really, that even those great ascended masters required, and this is almost strange to say, the presence of Dr. King on Earth at this time to bring about those two missions which they are performing now, Operation Sunbeam to send energy to the Earth, and Operation Earthlight to release energy from the Earth.
2: I think every month when we we um broadcast these programs we see more and more the absolute advancement and uniqueness of Dr George King our master um, Yeah. layer after layer Richard do you, Indeed. shall we uh, talk about um the aspect because you know repaying our debt to mother earth of mm. the fact is that humanity has to repay the debt to mother earth, has to at least try to because as the Master Aetherius yeah. said in the transmission of the same name, that, uh, and as we know through our teachings, through our Master, that unless we do, uh, we hmm. probably won't be able to stay on this planet. Um, yeah. Is this something we want to go into now? Or yes, Or should I read a little of this transmission?
0: Yes, do read. Please, please do read it. Yes, good idea. Yes.
2: Master serious. the karmic law states that there is a limit to the suffering of a great one the goddess Terra must shortly take her rightful place in the cosmic scheme of evolution. This will mean a reduction in the intensity of the ionosphere around Terra and a resultant high rise in the potency of cosmic rays actually reaching the surface of this planet. This will mean that only those of sufficient development will be able to withstand this cosmic bombardment. And then the next part, Shortly, Terra must take her initiation. <clears throat> it's July 8, 1964. Before she does this, she will shake from her back those who are not ready for the conditions to come. Of course, this changed. It is not necessary mm-hmm. for any life streams to be shaken from this back. All life streams, if they worked hard enough, could go forward into greater things than those which they have brought to the surface of this earth. Men. You must
0: choose. Yes, I'm just that. um, just. That's amazing, but uh, can we just get i be absolutely clear on this. I think that certainly the first one was Mars Sector Six, wasn't it? Not the Master Ethereus.
2: Oh right. Um,
0: and and they both were that. actually. They're, they're, that's no problem. No, but please go on anyway. They were they're, they're from real, you are responsible Mars Sector Six. Yeah. Yeah, sorry Chrissy. Go on, go on, please.
2: No, this is the uh, the end of the transmission. Um yeah, the actual transmission, mm. you're right, was given by Mars sector 6 and the Master of Theories, I believe.
0: Yeah, but the one that you read was Mars, sector With Mars 6
2: Mars 6. So apologies for that.
0: Yeah. No problem, no problem. So anyway, let let's we, we like, we just, because we're on Theorist Radio Live, we, we have to give the right references, but that's fine. So, Chrissie, what a great extract. Do you want to comment on those? They're, they're wonderful.
2: Um, yes, I mean, as the Master said, we really need to have, all spiritual groups should have at the center, the Mother Earth, and I think when we r- listen mm. to this and what's going to happen, we realize that that's the absolute truth, because we have to... Um, reconnect if you like with mother earth which we've totally lost this connection and humanity it's not just a case of oh that would be nice it's a case of well we have to because the earth is since the primary initiation in 1964 uh, as as richard has said the earth is releasing her energy slowly gradually um, but we too have to heighten our vibrations and Mm -hmm. of course there are ways to do that through service through healing, through prayer, but we have to also do so through our expressed gratitude, our prayers, our support, if we can, for missions like Operation Sunbeam. Um, We have to. It's like a a necessity now. It's not just a nice thought. Because if we don't uh, continue to raise our vibrations, uh, then we won't be able to remain on this earth and we would have to be reborn uh, on another younger planet. And all that that means, uh, which is now being prepared in this solar system. So this is a, a time of change. I know a lot of people right now are talking about, oh, the shift is coming on August the 21st. It's just a solar eclipse, you know. It's not the shift mm. that we you know, the real shift has already happened. And um, it's continuing to happen. But the real shift has to, ha- has to happen to humanity
0: hmm very true very true and one of that part of that shift is finding a way to serve the mother earth which is not an easy thing yes. to do because there isn't a lot we can do for her i mean we have to remember that most prayers that have been done through the ages by various people to or for the mother earth haven't re- haven't gone directly to her this is what makes operation Sunbeam so unique it's a method of actually directing energy straight to her through her psychic centers. And Operation Earthlight, releasing energy likewise from her. Um, When we do a prayer, it's still a good thing to do, and we should do it, and I can't think of a finer uh, source than the seventh blessing in in the Twelve Blessings, which is the most wonderful, wonderful text. When we pray for the Mother Earth, um it's karmically very beneficial but the energy itself won't go to her it'll go into the ethers it'll go to the devic realms it could even help certain devic situations um but it's something we should still do there's actually a prayer i should say for operation sunbeam we were thinking of doing it on the program but there are mantras in it so we, we we can't really do that without initiating our, all our listeners into these mantras, which we're not uh, permitted to do at the moment. But in Ethereum Society newsletter, volume 18, issues 3 and 4 from March 1979, uh, this prayer is published, and people, if they're interested, can get hold of it. And that would be a very good thing for members or sympathisers to be doing regularly, both for the mission but also for the planet too because you're then actively supporting taking part in supporting something which is for her um, likewise there are people who work for the ethereal society voluntarily or donate all of this helps because one thing about missions like Operation Sunbeam and indeed Operation Prayer Power, in fact all our missions, are run at a loss financially, a massive loss. There's no income from them whatsoever. Um, and that's not why we do them. But help and support is all a way of helping the Mother Earth. And of course the other thing, Chris, as you were saying there, is to pray for the Mother Earth.
2: Yes. After all, I she found gives the- us... Everything we have, everything we need yep. in our journey, through revolutions. Um, Indeed. It should be a prayer that is a natural thing and to happen every day of our lives. We need to express our appreciation for this, our gratitude to this, I believe.
0: I agree. There is a very hopeful promise in the seventh blessing. The seventh blessing, one or two of the blessings in the twelve blessings are not completely happy. Let's put it that way. In fact, they're tragic in a way. They're extremely powerful. They're beautiful. And the seventh blessing, in some ways, is a tragic thing to read, but it's a a vital thing to read. It's a great aspect of truth. And the Master Jesus, as those who know it well, will remember he goes through it very powerfully, very movingly, and and it can be read and it can be practiced as a whole blessing as well. people and listened to and joined in tuned in with but at the end of the blessing he says these words you are commanded to think of these things and spread them like seeds of truth abroad then dear friends you will be helping the great one in the limitation she has accepted on your behalf which i chrissy i find very encouraging because there's the master jesus telling us that we can actually do something which will help the Mother Earth, the Great One, and that is to spread these truths, like uh, we're trying to do here to to, to now on Aetherius Radio Live. And people can do it. You Listeners can do it. You can do it verbally. You can do it in a whole variety of ways, through the Internet, through Facebook, through promoting the truth about the Mother Earth, we're told here by the Master Jesus, helps her. So let's do that.
2: Yes, yes. Let's make that our mission. As you say, yes. it's something everybody can do. Um, mm-hmm. Spread them like seeds of truth abroad. That's wonderful, isn't it? It
0: really is. It really is. And Chrissy, I was going to ask you if you would be kind enough to lead us, perhaps, in a prayer for the Mother Earth, since we we can't actually do the sunbeam prayer uh, and and the... The whole of the blessing could easily be read, but I don't think we've quite got the time left for that. But would you please lead us all in a prayer for the Mother Earth?
2: Yes, certainly. I'll give it a shot. So um, please Thank ask you. everybody, listeners who wish to join in with this, to raise their hands in what we call the prayer mudra, which I think most of you know, keeping the palms about shoulder height facing outwards and allowing the power of love invoked through this prayer to flow through you, through your palms your heart and so on, as we make this small, humble offering to the great goddess on which we are so fortunate to live O most glorious God we raise our hearts and minds to thee, and humbly ask we may be channels for the divine love, essence of thy eternal being, to flow to the wondrous logos of the goddess earth, to whom we owe our deepest love and reverence, to whom we bow in eternal and humble gratitude for her enduring sacrifice and divine patience by which we are all so nourished. O most exalted one, O divine mother, we humbly beseech thee to accept our small offer of love and eternal gratitude that we make to thee now and ever growing in appreciation through our lives to come. We thank thee, O great and mighty God, for listening to our prayer, it is done. Let's close the prayer by placing the right hand once over the left in what is called the mudra of detachment as we continue.
0: Chrissy, that's beautiful. Thank you for leading us in in that prayer. And I feel I should share one other thing before we finish this broadcast, which um, Dr. King did confide to me. And this would be maybe 18 months before he passed on um and he did admit to me but he didn't want it publicized at that time i think it's fine now and this is a good place to do it and you, you'll remember chrissy the the because the, the, you were over there the um, you know los angeles as i was when he said this to me the suffering that he went through in his last years the illnesses that he had and the various conditions, and the pain that he experienced. And he told me that one of the reasons for this was that he was taking the karma for Operation Sunbeam to continue. He didn't say it was the whole of it at all, but it was an aspect of that suffering that he took on, so that it could continue after his lifetime, because people like us, we we play a role in Operation Sunbeam, and... Everyone in the Ethereum Society is connected and as a member, if you're a member, you're directly connected to Operation Sunbeam. We don't really deserve this privilege, do we? I mean, it's a massive thing and the karma had to go somewhere and it was he who put Uh. it in place. It wasn't just the design, as if that wasn't enough. It was the magic, if you like, and part of that magic was the karma he took. So I think that's yet another aspect and it shows how far he was willing to go for this absolute key, this key of King Yoga, the repayment of our debt to Mother Earth.
2: Well, thank you for sharing that, Richard. Um, the very, very least we can do is to you know, support Operation Sunbeam and uh, find out more about the Ethereum Society where you will learn about this great mission and do all we can to give our gratitude to Mother Earth, the very least we can do, and also Mm -hmm. to find out as much as we can about this amazing Master who not only brought us the truth about the Mother Earth, but who suffered, as Richard has just expressed, so much um, on her behalf, uh, Mm -hmm. for us, really. Indeed, and I think... is of course, a time of manipulation for humanity. Um, Sorry, Richard.
0: No, no, I was going to say, and I think we should allow ourselves, as he did, to be disturbed by this knowledge um, and to be moved by it, and if necessary, to to suffer a bit ourselves in that, because... Okay, we can't, we're not capable of entering cosmic consciousness, but sometimes we have moments of peace, and so we should, and that's part of the the spiritual path. But, in the end, he left his bliss for this. He came here, I think, and this must be one of the reasons, if not the main reason he came here, was for this. And we should allow ourselves also, if necessary, to be disturbed by these the very upsetting state of the Mother Earth and to take action in the light of that and to do something and then have the satisfaction of being able to play a part in repaying our debt to Mother Earth.
2: Yes. And one sacrifice and and probably as you expressed the Master perhaps paid a, a toll for this too was that all members have the opportunity to attend special services uh, of thankfulness for Operation Sunbeam. And and I always wonder how this was done, and perhaps you know, Richard, but somehow arranged it so that by our attendance we sort of share in that phase of Operation Sunbeam that was just um, brought about. Um, I don't know how that was done, but...
0: Well, it was purely done by making it it's okay it was purely done by making it an official part of the modus operandi of the mission right.
2: and so because
0: right. it's that service that you're referring to is a part of that modus operandi, then the members those who attend uh, they are part of that too and those who for some reason actually are perhaps in a country where there's no such service they can't get they can also send their prayers of thanks, as can non-members as well, but you're right, those who go to those services are part of the actual modus operandi of the mission. Well, I think we're out of time once more, Chrissy. so it's great to be back on air with you.
2: And you too. Thank you so much for sharing those uh, inspirations that you've had recently, well, I don't know if it's recently, but you've had about uh, our Master and the Mother Earth. Uh, This is something I don't think I've really thought about before in that way and I'm sure the listeners haven't either so it's quite a revelation and uh, very very important well, for us you. to think about those things
0: thank you and thank you for your beautiful readings and the beautiful prayer and oh, and next time of course we're going on to our next part in our program which is serving the world as a whole uh, as a whole that is that's a key point of that and over to Nikki.
1: Yes, well, thank you. well, thank you, both Richard and Chrissy, for once again sharing your deep insights and staggering revelations about the true magic of Dr. George King. Truly, truly staggering. You have been listening to A Serious Radio Live, which is your Cosmic Connection, the third Tuesday of each month. The next show will be on August the 15th when Richard and Chrissy will be talking about, as mentioned before, serving the world as a whole. For more information on the fascinating facts mentioned in the show or to connect with the Aetherius Society, please visit aetherius.org. You can connect with Chrissy Blaze and Richard Lawrence by visiting their respective websites, chrissyblaze.com and richardlawrence. Thank you so very much for listening, and we look forward very much to tuning in with you again in a month's time. Take care. Bye.